Episode 107, Don't Dot the I. In fact, stop using the I. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. Welcome to the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. Hey, I'm your host, Dale Dixon, The Game Changers, with Jason Jennings, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and USA Today, best-selling author of eight books on leadership, growth, innovation, speed, and reinvention. Jason, great to be with you today. Dale, it's one, it's always great to be with you, and I don't know if people can hear it in my voice or not. I just love doing these podcasts. They have become a vital part of of my life. It is just so fun and it's also great reward to hear from people. So my email address is jason at jason-jennings.com and we use almost everything that we hear from our listeners. Absolutely. So great to be with you too. And this is such a learning experience for me. I'm right there with the listeners learning as we go and I'm going to give the listeners a little behind the scenes peek. So before I hit the record button today, I said, Jason, help me out with this, the title of the podcast. I don't understand what you're trying to say. And you said, good. And you just let me take a crack at it. And so I get the feeling this don't dot the I, stop using the I, has a terrific story behind it. There sure is. So let me begin by painting you a picture. Early in my career, myself and my business partner, Harvey, at the time, suddenly realized that we needed to have an assistant. And we didn't have money to each of us have our own assistant. So we decided he was a much older man. And so we decided to begin interviewing for an assistant that we would share And as I recall, we, and I vividly recall, we interviewed lots and lots of men, lots and lots of women. And finally, this woman, Laura, presented herself. And uh, in those days, I guess it was still legal to ask somebody their age, uh, but we didn't. But it was obvious that she was well into her 70s. Uh, But there was just something crusty about her and very talented about her. And so we decided to hire Laura as the assistant. So uh, she had smoked. She bragged about the fact that she had smoked about four packs of cigarettes a day for most of her life until a few years before that when she'd stopped. So you can just imagine how how crusty and deep her voice was. And she was a small little thing, but she just had a nasty air about her. In fact, uh, it became very obvious to me within a couple of months of hiring her that uh, we worked for her. I mean, it was not the other way around. So first of all, let me set that picture up. Here's this tough gal running the two business partners. Uh, She really thought she was in charge. Then I've got to introduce everybody to something they've never heard of. 30 years ago, everybody had a dictaphone. And everybody's going, okay, now what's a dictaphone? Well, a dictaphone was like a little cassette recorder, a micro cassette recorder with a little tiny tape in it. And as you were out traveling on business trips and things, you'd pick up your dictaphone and you'd say, okay, this is a memo to the staff or this is a letter to so-and-so. And you'd record these things. And when you came back from your trip, you'd give them to your assistant, in this case, Laura, and she would insert them in her machine. And then with a little foot pedal, uh, she would type these things out. Imagine just how great the world has become. But that's the way it was, dictaphones. And so I've been away on a business trip. And I'd been very profligate. And so I had lots of memos and lots of letters. And so I came back and I gave her the tapes. And I said, if you could transcribe these as soon as possible, that would be great. And so several hours later, or whenever it was, she came walking into my office and she said, here's your material. And uh, I said, what did you think of that letter? And she looked at me and she said, that is the worst letter I have ever read in my life. She said, you must be the most egotistical person I've ever come across in my life. Well, I mean, I just, you know, I'm going, one, I don't like being talked to like this. And I mean, where is she going? She said, you know, 
I stopped counting your use of the word I after you'd used it 17 times in a two-page letter. She said, if I received that letter from you, she said, I'd rip it up and throw it away and probably never want to do business with you. And I said, well, what do you mean? She said, it's I this, I suggest, I recommend, I think. She said, who in the heck do you think you are? Just imagine this crusty old woman <laughs> talking to me like, who do you think you are? I this, I this. And she said, look, I mean, redo the letter. Use the words we, use the words together, use the words us, use the words between us, use our goal, use what we're trying to do together. And I sat, Dale, and I looked at the letter and I took a yellow highlight marker and I started putting a little mark through every place I had used the word I. And all of a sudden I thought, this is the worst letter I've ever seen in my life. Thank God for this tough, nasty, crusty old gal and what a valuable lesson. And so let me tell you the implications that had for me. All these years later, when I'm, uh, when I'm keyboarding in a text, when I'm writing an email, when I'm writing a letter, when I'm writing a chapter in a book, I mean, one of the things I am very mindful of is don't use the word I. And I always go through everything I've written and I get rid of the word I whenever possible. It takes a little longer. Get rid of the word I and use words like we, together, us, between us, our goal, what we're trying to do. Otherwise, you're going to be seen for the arrogant young man that I might have been a little bit of at that time. So we hear the phrase dotting the I. Well, don't dot the I. Just stop using the I. Stop making the world all about you. So what are some of the results you saw? I don't know if you remember the result of that specific letter or if you can point back to some times where you emphasized the we in your communication and some of the immediate results you saw. Well, it, what happens is I recall, redid that letter. I remember who the letter was to. And we ended up doing business, a lot of business with these people. And I can't say it was just because of the letter. I'd, I'd like to think it was because, I mean, it was just a shocker because it's a metaphor. Stop using the word I in all of your emails and all of your texts and all of your written communications. It's also a metaphor. It's a metaphor for stop having everything be about you. Make everything about others and you're going to fare much better. And uh, I remember time to time editors saying, well, you don't suffer from itis. And I said, what's itis? And I remember my last editor saying, you know, most people, most authors, manuscripts, and there's lots of eyes in there. And I said, no, no, we took care of that one 25 or 30 years ago. And I told her the story of this nasty, crusty uh, old gal, Laura. I just think it changes the way you communicate in everything you do. So not using the word I is a metaphor for not making everything about you, but uh, try making it for about other people. Uh, I've been talking a lot in recent speeches about the mirror test and the fact that at some point in our lives, either consciously, subconsciously, knowingly, or unknowingly, at one point in our life, we actually look at a mirror and uh, we take the mirror test. And as you look in the mirror, because you can't lie to the mirror, you say, am I mostly about me or am I mostly about others? If you say you're mostly about me, book, chapter, and verse have all been written. You're one type of person. But if you say my life is mostly going to be about others and helping others get what they want, and that's really the mark of great leadership. So stop using I in all of your written communications and all of your spoken communications, but it's a metaphor for being more about others than just yourself. 
makes me, I wish I could attribute this properly, but I heard somebody say, me, me, me is blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I'm going to steal that one. So, so true. Any final words for us, Jason? Email jason at jason-jennings.com. The genesis of most of the things that Dale and I end up talking about on The Game Changer actually a result of emails or communications that I received. So I love hearing from you. And a reminder, a couple of great reads are uh, The High Speed Company and uh, The Reinventors, uh, the revised edition of Think Big, Act Small. Uh, look, get smart. Read a book. And, and hopefully it'll be one of mine. Absolutely. Hey, thank you, Jason. You have a great week. And, you know, Jason Jennings is the author who USA Today calls one of the three most in-demand business speakers in the world. To find out how you can arrange to have Jason keynote your next event or leadership conference and learn about his fees and availability, be sure to check out the website, jason-jennings.com. Click the contact button, follow the instructions. You also have his email address. This is the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. Stop using the word I. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.